Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. No matter how many times I hear one of our great songs, thank you, uh, one of our great songs, I, I still find they speak to me afresh. You know, uh, that beautiful song, Here in the Presence of the Lord. Thank you, Amanda and Tessie and all the team that are a part of that. Uh, helping to bless us. If you are back in the building for the first time, thank you. Welcome home. Welcome back. If you're a part of this service online, and lots of you are, I know, then thank you for being a part of the service wherever you are. And understand that we love you. We want to partner with you. If maybe you can't be a part of chat, because I talk to people every week who say to me that they are a part of the service, not live, but at a later point during the week, maybe because of time zone or whatever. I know you miss out on the chat, but you don't have to miss out on everything. Just contact us, info at metrochurch.org.au. If you put my name in it, I will answer you. I will respond to you. It'd be my pleasure to do that for sure. Uh, you know, in any crisis or major stress event, you all know this to be so, that pressure or that stress will almost always overflow into our relationships. So in this mini-series I started last week on the importance of you, I want to speak to you today on the unchangeable laws of you. There are some things about you because in all your relationships, there is only one commonality. And you know what it is, don't you? It's you. It's the one you see in the mirror. In all the relationships you have, there's half of every one of those that needs to contribute or that needs adjustment or that maybe needs correction or that maybe needs strengthening in some way or other. And so whenever we're in a place of stress and literally for thousands of people almost every week in our daily newspaper here in Western Australia, I am reading, there was again this week, Stories about the rising statistics of pressure in families, mental health. There was a big article this week about FIFO workers and the increase of uh, issues regarding mental health for those people in this current time. Even though we here in Western Australia have really begun the journey out of restrictions, yet the lag, if you like, of all of those effects is still having impact on people. And so again, as I always do, I want to help you. I love the fact that the Bible is full of truth for your everyday life. And really, science keeps discovering how impacting the Word of God is and how real it is for our life. They may not say it like that, but time after time, I'll hear another discovery from social science or psychology and I'll go, wow, the Bible said that two and a half thousand years ago or 2,000 years ago. And so in this series on the importance of you, I want to speak to you about the unchangeable laws of you. There are laws about you 
that will operate and work no matter who you are or where you are. Just like the law of gravity doesn't ask your IQ or your financial status. It doesn't ask whether you're male or female. It doesn't ask where in the world you live. The law of gravity just operates in all of those places. And these unchangeable laws of you, well, they also operate regardless of where you are. So I wanna jump right into these with you. And uh, you might wanna jot them down or at least make a mental note. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna be a part of that service again and uh, just let that speak to you. And uh, for those of you I know in other parts of the world, uh, my friend Signor and Signora Carace in uh, Catania in Sicily. I'm not sure whether you have to get an interpreter for this or whether uh, you just, can you slow me down? Uh, I get a lot of people say, you speak too fast. Uh, and I apologise, but I've got a lot to say and I am living life in a hurry. Uh, so hang in there with me, go back. Thank God for YouTube. You can watch it again, be a part of it again. Here we go. Law number one is this one, an easy one to start with. It's the law of investment. Back on June the 21st in our PM service, we heard from one of Australia's leading finance brokers, our very own Peter Gong, speaking about financial literacy. I saw him here today serving as a host. Matter of fact, when I drove up, Peter and uh, some of the other team were out sweeping the footpath. That's the sidewalk for those of you in North America. Uh, sweeping that, making sure that everything about coming to our building was gonna be beautiful for those of you that were coming here. But anyway, June 21, uh, in the evening, Peter spoke on financial literacy and I interviewed him about that. And I remember part of that was about this thing called compound interest. And if you go back and hear it again, you'll recognise that one of the things Peter was emphasising was how long it takes for investments to grow. He actually quoted figures and the figure at the beginning and the figure at the end was so remarkably different that you'd, I remember saying, can you say them again? Because it sounds ridiculous. But an investment by the very definition of it is not a momentary or an instant thing, but it takes time for investments to come, to take place. You may meet somebody, you may even marry somebody, but it takes time for those things to come to pass. And in the financial world, get rich quick usually translates to get poorer even faster. Get rich quick usually means you get poorer even faster. And so as it is with finance, so it is with relationships. Many, many years ago, I don't know how many, it's a long time ago, uh, I read an article in a Christian magazine by a writer called Jamie Buckingham. Some of you may even remember that person's name. I'm not sure he's even still with us. Maybe he's in heaven by now. But I remember him telling the story about where he lived in the United States. In winter, there was ice and snow. And he goes home in the, uh, the break from university or college as they call it there. And he goes home and his dad says to him, Jamie, I'm going to go into town 
they lived a little bit out of town. I'm going to go into town to get uh, some supplies and things that we need. And uh, I'll be back in a couple of hours. Well, Jamie, new home from college, looked out there over the snow-covered landscape and saw this huge dead tree and thought, I'm going to do Dad a favour. I'm going to chop that down. I'm going to turn it into firewood. Uh, He'll be so thrilled when I do that. And so he dutifully sets to with saw and axe, gets this hole down, splits it up, gets the whole thing down where it needs to be and sits back with a cup of coffee, waiting for Dad to come home, saying to himself, Dad's going to be so thrilled. When Dad walks in the door, comes out onto the back porch and sees Jamie sitting there and looks out, he does a double take and goes, what happened to the tree? Well, Jamie said, Dad, I know you need firewood for winter. So I chopped it down. There's the pile of firewood. But instead of congratulating him, his dad is like crestfallen. He is just like the look on his face. What have you done? And Jamie says, Dad, I thought you'd be happy. And Jamie's dad said this to him. This was the the end of the article. He said, son, the tree wasn't dead. It was just dormant. And then he said this to his son, powerful thing, I've never forgotten it. He said, never chop down your tree in winter. Do you know all of your relationships are gonna go through seasons? Some of them are gonna be summer. It's gonna be balmy. It's gonna be comfortable. Like we all here in Western Australia love, huh? I'm so glad my wife's birthday has come and passed. It's the shortest day of the year. I celebrate her birthday and the fact that summer's coming. I'm looking forward to getting out my Crocs yet again and getting a Croc tan on my feet. Yes, I'm not embarrassed to say it. I'm a Croc wearer and I love that. And walking around in the summer, I love it. I don't care how hot it gets. I know some of you are winter lovers. Well, I don't know why, but God bless you. But I know there'll be summers in your relationships. There'll be spring when everything's fresh and everything's vibrant and the birds are singing and the bees are buzzing and everything's just lovely. But can I tell you, there's gonna be a few winters. The weeping mulberry tree out the front of my house has got about six leaves left on it. You know, the first year that that happened, and then it lost all of the leaves. Can I tell you honestly, I remember saying to my wife Rhonda, I think it's dead. And August came and it looked deader than dead. And then September came and it still looked dead. But towards the end of September, one day as I walked out the front, I saw one bud on one branch. Come back a couple of months later, And again, every single year, it's absolutely filled, covered in leaves and new growth. Your relationships are an investment. They really are. Psalm 68 says, God puts the solitary in families. And if He's gonna put us in the place of relationships in our life, it means that we are gonna need to invest into those relationships to see them become what they need to be. Here's law number two. Law number two is the law of forgiveness. In Matthew 18, verse 
23 through to verse 35, and I'm not going to read all those verses to you, just a couple. But in this passage, Jesus teaches to His disciples and all of us a law, and He tells it by giving us a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He tells the story of two servants, one who owes a massive debt and is forgiven by the person he owes it to. But as he leaves that master's presence, he finds somebody else, a work colleague, who owes him so much less, but he hurts him and punishes him and refuses to forgive him. But the master hears about it and drags the first servant back and says this to him. He says, verse 34, his master was angry. I don't know about you, but I don't want the master angry at me. He delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Now, right there, I can stop and go, well, serves them right. Until I hit verse 35, that I, see, this is one of the uncomfortable things of the Word of God that nobody wants to talk about because we all want God who's a mixture of Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Amen. We, we don't want a God who disciplines. We want a God who pats us on the head. We want the, the, you know, the God of perpetual encouragement. Now it's very quiet here. I'm not sure what it's like at home or wherever you are right now, but it's quiet here. And, and I'm not saying that God's not a God of encouragement. He absolutely is. However, He says, so my heavenly Father also will do to you. And I go, but I'm your kid. You can't do that. You know, hello. He goes, no, Jesus said, my heavenly Father will do that to each of you. If you don't from your heart, forgive your brother their trespasses or their sins. I don't know about you, but that's a bit of a wake up call, isn't it? For every single one of us, the law of unforgiveness as Jesus teaches it goes like this. If I retain or if I choose to hold a hurt against someone, it actually repositions me out of the space of God's grace and puts me into the space of pain and hurt. There's only five laws I'm giving you this morning. I've got a few more, but I'm going to just give you five. But I was thinking on the way here this morning that if, we would live by just these five, we could eliminate 85% of all the counselling that ever needs to get done. The law of investment is the law of seasons. The law of forgiveness says, this unchangeable law says, I have to choose to forgive. Again, hear it. Jesus calls forgiveness a choice, not a feeling. You can still feel anger. You can still feel hurt. But I make a choice that I'm going to release somebody. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to let that thing go. I make a choice. I come before God and say, this is what I would do. Come before God and say, Lord, You know how unjustly and unfairly they treated me. You know how bad this is. But Lord, before You, I choose to forgive them. I'm going to bless them. You said to bless them that despitefully use You. Lord, I bless them. Would You bless them, Lord? Amen. You don't want the pain of a broken relationship. To, <laughs> I've met so many people that leave the relationship and drag the pain for the rest of their life. 
the law of forgiveness. Here's law number three. It's the law of plus one. I'm going to read to you an amazing verse. It really is astounding if you just read it. Ecclesiastes chapter four and verse nine says this. Watch it. It's up on the screen for you. Two are better than one. But hold a second. You don't know how good I am. Oh, that's true for them. You ever met someone who really is an egomaniac? Have you ever met someone they're like, they live their life like someone sitting in a car at night time and turning the interior light on? Go try it tonight. Because as you look around the car, the only thing you'll see is you. You ever met people like that? They live their life. Me, me, me. If you, if you tell a story, they've got to beat it. Call that a story. The fish I caught, huh? fishermen are good for this. But you know, we can live our life in that kind of a space if we're not careful. But Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 doesn't say two are better than one if one of you is an idiot. Two are better than one if one of you is completely stupid. Two are better than one if you're a ning-nong. And I thought I'd say that old Queensland word, even though most of you have never heard it before, it means a drongo. And most of you watching overseas, you've never heard that. I'm teaching you Australian right now. You can go out this week and say to someone, don't be such a drongo. It's not a swear word, by the way. My mother would have said it, so it can't be a swear word. Two are better than one, no matter how good or gifted, you are always better with others. I referenced that verse before, Psalm 68, 6, God puts the solitary in families. Why? Because one of you is not enough for anything great. God's not about punishing you, He's about lifting you, but He's never gonna lift you on your own. God is always, I thank God we've been celebrating this morning. All the team, can you imagine the very first Sunday this church started, I was the worship leader. I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. Oh, oh, I have the... Now, you know, I can mostly sing in tune, but no one's turning up to hear that. Seriously, my wife Rhonda, I say she played the piano. She always, whenever I tell someone that story, she says I played with the piano. Two are always better than one. Thank God for all the people. This church is not about stars. It's about everybody bringing what they have and making a phenomenal difference. Regardless of what your life is like out there, you may be the top of the tree somewhere or other in other parts of your world, but come and be a part of the family. Come and bring whatever gifts and talents you've got and say, I'm gonna bring them to serve. My question for you today is, do you have ones in your life? Here's law number four is the law of risk. Every relationship in your life not only involves risk, it requires risk. I'll say that again. Every relationship in your life, your relationship with God, your relationship with a spouse, if you have one or a close friend, every relationship in your world not only involves risk, it requires it. 
There's no intimacy without the possibility of rejection. There's no love without the possibility of being hurt. We all know this to be so because the people that hurt us the most are not the anonymous ones out there in interweb land. They're the ones that are closest to us. They've got the greatest capacity to hurt. Why doesn't God make people good? Why doesn't God make people obedient? Why doesn't God make people wise? Why doesn't He even just plain make them nice? Why doesn't God, I've been asked that question by people, why doesn't God just fix it? And I say, well, because God loves us and love that has no opportunity to disobey makes obedience meaningless. If I don't have the right and the opportunity to push away from what you want and do what I want, well, then my obedience would not mean anything. Remember this, always in your relationships, love doesn't respond, it initiates. That's so important. Because listen to me, every time you get to that space, you might apologise and they'll throw it back in your face. That's a risk. You might say, I'm sorry, and they still freeze you out. But I will say to you that the law of risk says it's worth making the risk. Listen to me, because if you don't, fear will make all of your relationship decisions. Did you hear that? If you aren't willing to risk, I'll tell you what happens. Fear makes all the decisions about how you'll proceed. I might get hurt, so I'm not gonna say it. Law number four is the law of risk. Here's law number five. It's the law of no they. I know that's bad grammar. I put it in just to give you something to chew on there. It's the law of no they. There's no they. We, we live in a world of they. We really do. They should. Someone order. They order. I've been doing a bit of a study on, on personal responsibility and corporate responsibility. And overwhelmingly in Scripture, God puts the responsibility for behaviour on the individual. I'm not saying that large groups or the governments or whatever can't and shouldn't do things better or different, but God puts the responsibility back to me. He actually says this, to the people of Israel, he says, In that day this proverb shall no longer be uttered in Israel, that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and their children's teeth are set on edge. He says, Israel, you're going to stop blaming your, your, your fathers for the way your life is. Now, I know that's hard, but I'd said before, the Word of God has got a lot to say. There's laws in God and they're like the law of gravity. You can tell me you don't believe in gravity all you like but you jump off that roof, guess what? Get ready to kiss the ground, brother. Amen. It's coming to meet you. You might go, but I'm a believer. I will transcend gravity. Oh, no, you won't. Pretty sure you won't. It's like believers who do something stupid saying, God, look after me. No, you're, you're enacting the law of stupidity. I'm gonna finish with this. Here it is. 
There is no they. So let's all agree this morning, instead of they and he and she and her and that, I'm gonna stop and say, you know what, God? Like David said in Psalm 51, it's me, Lord. I'm the one. Not bad. You know, go read Psalm 51 again. I'll tell you what you won't read is you won't read anything about Bathsheba having a bath on the top of a roof with nothing on. You go, why does that matter? Well, hello, didn't she, don't you think she knew who her neighbour was? But David doesn't in Psalm 51 go, well, she shouldn't have. He goes, no, God, it was me. This poem I'm about to read to you as I finish. In a minute, we're going to talk about how to begin a journey with Jesus in your life. And I think that's got to be the most important thing on the whole of the planet. Then Pastor Bruce will be back to pray with those people who would like prayer. But this poem was written by a monk in 1100 AD. This is what he wrote. When I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I found it was difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I found I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town, but I couldn't change the town. And then as an older man, I thought I'd try and change my family. Now as an old man, I realised the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realised that if I had long ago changed myself, then I might have made an impact on my family. And my family and I might have made an impact on our town. Their impact could have changed the nation and I could indeed have changed the world. See, it starts not out there. Listen to me. It doesn't, I know there's all the things that need to be shifted and changed. But I'm asking you this morning, on this series of the importance of you to start grabbing a hold of these unchangeable laws of you and say, God, which one of these? Is it the law of investment, the law of forgiveness, the law of plus one, the law of risk? Is it the law of no they? And God, I need to do that, see change in my life. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank You that You have put us on the planet Lord, despite some of the difficulties that can come in all of our worlds, there are people, Lord, right now who are a part of this service and family tension. Oh, it's not tension, Lord, it's war. And God, You want to intervene into that. You're not the author of confusion. You're not the author of hurt and pain. Jesus, You said that it's the devil that comes to rob, to steal and to destroy. You've come for life. So God, I pray for families. I pray for workspaces. There are people here and in their workspace, there's just such unbelievable tension. They hate to even go to work. There are people that are a part of the service, Lord, and You're telling me right now that some of them are getting physical symptoms that are caused by the stress at their workplace. They're going, I don't want to go there. Um, God, would You help us? We can't do, control others, but we can certainly do something about us. So we bring us before You and ask for Your help in Jesus' Name.
Some of you here will no doubt be a part of this service and it's become evident to you while you're here that other people that are a part of this service maybe have got a different understanding of God than you do. I remember the first time I ever went to a, a, a charismatic, they call it in that day service. It was the Catholic Charismatic Conference at the University of Queensland, 1980, oh, I don't know, seven or something, long way back. I still to this day remember the presence of God. I remember sitting right at the very back, closest to the door so that I could escape if I needed to. I remember hearing the worship. And for the first time in my life, really as an adult, I understood that God was for me, wanted to help me. Somehow or rather, I knew nobody preached it that I know of, but I knew that it, you had to start by receiving Jesus. I, I, to this day, I couldn't tell you how I knew. I just knew you did. Later that week, I said my yes to God. My life's never been the same ever since. Oh, there's been good days and some horrible ones. But I've never once ever in my life regretted that moment where I said my yes. Some of you right now, you want to say your yes to God. Or you're going to think about it and you'll do it during the week. That's why we have yes text. If you're in Australia, it's 0488826392. It's up on the screen for you right now. Or if you're overseas or you'd prefer to get the help via email, just go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Do you know I pray all week long for this moment? I believe God's got a great harvest. I believe, I'm speaking on end times in a couple of weeks. Not like you've ever heard it. I believe that end times is the time of the greatest ingathering of harvest there's ever been on the planet. You can be a part of that today by saying your yes to God. 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au and the day after you do it, either on your smartphone or via email, you'll get a Scripture from us. You'll get a prayer that you can pray to make yours. And then that'll happen every day for 30 days or whenever you choose to opt out. But I know Jesus is waiting for you. God bless you as you say your yes. Thank you.